Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another edition of Chazak's Tuesday's Timely Torah Talks, the very popular interviews on various Torah topics with very, very uh, influential and, and amazing rabbis and speakers. Tonight we have with us Rabbi Baruch Goldstein. Shalom Aleichem, Rabbi Goldstein, how are you doing? Shalom Aleichem, how are you, Rabbi Yaakov, how are you, Rabbi? What a tremendous chus and what a great honor to be part of one of the most wonderful organizations that spreads Torah worldwide across the globe, and it's a tremendous chus. Thank you for having me. Of course, it's our honor, and tonight's topic is seeing the light in the darkness. Uh, But before we delve into tonight's exciting topic, Rabbi Goldstein, can you give our audience a little bit of a background about yourself and the great work that you're involved with? Yes, absolutely. So Baruch Hashem, I'm currently the Rav at Kahal Nerlemeya. We're a kahila on Noshim Avenue between Kings Highway and Avenue P. And Baruch Hashem, it's a tremendous chus to be able to be a rub of such a beautiful and warm and loving kahila. There are many, many professionals, which at the same time are tremendous tamidich hachamim, people that have tremendous she'ifa and aspirations for Avodah Hashem. And Baruch Hashem, you know, it's such a chus, you know, to be able to be part of such a beautiful kahila where our davening is so outstanding, I could say that the Baruch Hashem, you know, Zaycha, that, you know, when Mekayim, the words of the Shulchan Aruch, that says, and um, it's a tremendous experience and a, and a great schus to be part of such a beautiful shul. Amazing. Nir Lamel, Chazak has had this schus, the merit to organize quite a few events and lectures uh, at the Rav Shul, and uh, we're always excited to spread Torah everywhere and anywhere. Yes, it's incredible work. It's incredible. I mean, over the years that we worked together, the different shiurim, whether it was Tishabov or the legal holidays. And it's really, I mean, the organization Chazak, it's, it's, it's a conduit to really spread Torah to, to the masses. So Rabbi Goldstein, let's jump into it. As we said, tonight's topic is seeing the light in the darkness. As we all know, uh, we just entered the cold winter months where there is a tendency to, unfortunately, you know, for certain people to get down or to be sad, uh, you know, in a sad mood. Because it's cold outside and the darkness starts earlier. Uh, maybe the rabbi can elaborate on this phenomenon and what are two ways to address it. Uh, we all know we just had Hanukkah also, and we light up the night uh, whenever it's night, whenever it's, uh, that's when we are supposed to uh, light the menorah. Yes, 100%. You know, you're right. In the summer, you see the beautiful bright sun. You know, people are going around, they're traveling. You just walk outside and you just, the weather, it's just, it, it lifts up a person's spirit. Right. But then it comes to the dark nights of the winter in a way a person could get down. You know, it's raining outside, it's cold, it's snowing. But the truth is that if you look through the prisms of Torah, if you look through the lens of Ashkodesh at Torah, the Gemara in Mesechtes Erevin and Dafsamache tells us, where the Gemara has a dialogue with different opinions of Mandi Yarmim between the rabbis, what were the nights created for? One rabbi is of the opinion, the nights created to go to sleep, try to spend your time awake during the daytime. It lifts up a person, exactly what you're saying. But it's interesting that Rav Shem Ben Lakish, who spent the earlier years of his life, you know, touring the streets, he was the head of the bandits, and, you know, he's part of the gang, and he experienced traveling all over. And Rav Shem Ben Lakish writes that, Ibri Sahari, the night was not created, Elo Legirso. The night was created to be able to have time. Person's not as busy during the days at work. He has the nights, in a sense, it's viewed as a gift, as a matano really an opportunity and a present from the Rebbe Nishalolim that a person has longer nights where he's not so busy that he's able to spend on, on learning Torah. 
You look through the prisms of, of the way Hashkavas had reviewed it. It wasn't a time to get down. To the contrary, it was a time to be uplifted. You know, we all celebrate Tubav. It's a great Yantif. We're all familiar, especially those who are learning the Daft, they're going to come to it shortly, about the great Yantif of Tubav, which is more famously, that's the time that there were many Shaduchim that transpired, that took place. The boys would go out, the girls would go out. There were many Shaduchim that took place in Klai Yisrael as a tremendous Simcha. But the Gemara offers another interpretation on what the great celebration of Tubav was. And the Gemara writes that the celebration of Tubav, according to one opinion, was is that now is the time after the summer solstice, where the nights get longer. December 21st, you have the winters, you have longer nights. That activated a special simcha a happiness, of peace of mind, of serenity, of tranquility, where a person sees I have a whole night in front of me, I could use the time now to serve the Rebbeinah Shalala. That was the great Simcha of Tubav. You should know, it's very interesting. Rabbi Yaakov, you're really going to appreciate this. Rabbi, you have to hear this. You know, we know that you know, I learned by Rebbe Yurikansky, Sheikh Tzadik Kaddish Avrach, he was a Rebbe in the Mir Yeshiva, and he was 97 for 30 years. Anyone who came to his shed, they would say, oh, he's in his high 90s. For decades, Rebel Yurikansky was a Talmud by And Rebel Yurikansky, every single year on Purim, he would tell us over the story that in the time of the Chavetz Chaim, there was a Dibbik. And he would say over the story what happened during the times of the Dibbik by the Chavetz Chaim. And they asked the Dibbik, they asked him the question that in what merit is the Holy Chavetz Chaim, is he held in such high regard in Shemayim? So you would think they would answer because he penned his magnum opus, the Mishnabura, maybe his, perhaps his Sefer on Shmir Salashin. Do you know what the Dibbik answered? The Dibbik answered, you know why the Chavetz Chaim is held on such a high pedestal? It's because of it's his Hasmada Satayra. He uses his time, he cherishes his time to use it in the proper fashion. That was the godless that they praise for the Chavetz Chaim. So you say, okay, but how do we address this? How do we address this to the simple person you know, there is no simple yid. Every pasha the yid is a halig yid. But how do we address it? How do we address it and implement it in our lives? What can we walk away with it? You know, like you mentioned that we just left the Yontav of Hanukkah. I want to share with you a, a tremendous, a profound thought from the Beis Yisrael. The Beis Yisrael is a gavaldig akasha. He says, you know, the Gemara tells us that the whole holiday and the celebration of Hanukkah was due to the fact that they fa- found one flask of oil. And this flask of oil that was supposed to last one night ended up lasting for eight nights. And therefore, we make a great celebration. So the Beis Yisrael asks, he doesn't understand. The Gemara and Shabbos Chafalov tells us that towards the end of the era of Shimon Sadik, which was about roughly maybe two generations before the miracle of Hanukkah, the Gemara says that every single day, there was a nace which took place with the Menorah. They would use a chatsi lug of shemen, which had in it enough oil to burn. It would ignite it at night and had enough oil in it that in the morning it would go out. And yet, says the Gemara, that there's a, a daily miracle that the Western lamp, even though the other lamps went out in the morning, but there was a miracle with the Western lamp that its oil burnt until the next night, till, until the following night. So the basic story is, we saw that we witnessed, I witnessed this miracle day in, day out. So why is it that we make such a celebration for Hanukkah? But they saw says an incredible thing. He says, you know why? He says, because during that kufa, the whole Hanhago, 
the way the Rebbeinu Shlomo governed us, and he conducted his Hanaga with Klal Yisrael, everything was ba'if and nice. Klal Yisrael was living in the full glory. They were being shemitayim mitzvahs. <clears throat> he saw such steadfast amuna. He saw what it means to live a life of Yerushalayim of Erlichkeit. So the whole way that Rebbeinu Shlomo conducted his Hanaga with us, and he governed us, was ba'if and nisi was in a way of miracles. So there says the Beis Yisrael, okay, we saw another miracle, so we witnessed another nace. But that's not such a ready, that's not such a great thing because the whole Hanaga was by Finace. But when it came to the era of Hanukkah, where unfortunately we know the majority of the Jews, they became Misyavnim, they got mixed into the Hellenistic culture, to the Greek lifestyle, they were influenced. And the majority of Eden, they weren't Shemitari Mitzvahs. But yet there was a small group, the Hashmanayim, who he saw such devotion and tremendous mysterious nefesh. And amid such darkness, amid such chayshech, Rebani Shalom went ahead and performed a miracle and showed these Yidin, these small group of Yidin, that I will never abandon you. You're not forlorn. You're not lost. I'm with you side by side, every step of the way, every action that you do. It means so much to me. Says the Beis Yisrael, when Rebani Shalom makes a nace, when there's so much chayshech, when there's so much darkness, that's already a great celebration. Mm. You should know, Rabbi Torik, he's a, a legendary, a legendary Magad, he's a Shishivo, an illustrious Gadol. So he has the Yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. He gives share to the Bachim, and he learned in the Panovich Yeshiva. So he, he was relaying over a story that he remembers that when he was learning by Abishmur Rizovsky in the Panovich Yeshiva, so all the Bachim, all the students knew that if you can ask a question in share, you have to make sure it's a good question because if it's not, the Shmuel Rizovsky would let you know about it. He would tell you, why don't you think before you ask? You know, the Amoldic, your patient, Lithuanian, Rashishivas, it's not like today. They said what had to be said. He was in Shia one time and uh, one of the boys asked a question. Shmuel Rizovsky stopped the Shia. He thought for a moment and he told his boy, he says, you should know, you're asking a, tr- a great Kasha, Gavaldiga Kasha. He thought for another moment and he told him a great Teretz. Shabalaza Turek that was in the class, when he's writing down the notes, he wrote down this boy's question and he wrote down the Rosh Hashiva's answer. Decades later, this fellow who asked the question, he ended up going into business, he went out to work, he had his family, and he meets him decades later. And Shabalaza Turek tells this person, you should know, I'm saying Shia now in Yeshiva, we're learning Mesechtas Bab Metziah. And I was going over my notes and I told all the students in the Yeshiva, I told them over your question. And I told them what Rabbi Shmuel Rizovsky answered. And they parted. They, they switched, wished each other goodbye, and they left. A year or two later, they meet again in Rechay Vitzkovitz. They meet again. And this person comes over to Belazat Torik, and he thanks him. He embraces him. He hugs him. He tells him, you should know you saved my life. Belazat Torik is, and what do you mean? How did I save your life? He says, I'll tell you, you know, listen, I got so involved in the business world. And as we know of it today, I became so immersed in business that unfortunately the only learning I did was Shabbos morning Kriya Satayra. That's how I was yoked to my learning for the week. But then when you came over to me at that moment and you told me that you're saying over my Torah, there are people in Klal that are saying over my Torah, how could I not apply myself more? And right when we left and we parted, I went to the Svarim store and I bought myself a Gemara Bab Metziah and I made the resolve that I'm not going to stop my day or finish my day without spending some time learning the holy words of the Torah Kedoshah. And from that, it led to more 
Anytime I have time during the day, I pull out my Gemara Bab Metziah. And you should know, when I was elevated, my wife was elevated, my children became better. The whole atmosphere, the whole environment of my entire home became so different. And that's why I want to thank you for what you did for me. You know, every single one of us has a a small flask of oil. Every neshama is blessed with his mission statement, with his unique mission, with his task that he's placed onto this world that nobody else could accomplish. And although we're amidst the Choshech, there's such darkness, the influence, the environment of the outside world that tries daily to infiltrate into our lives, to try to minimize the Kedusha of the Yid. But every single Yid has his flask of oil, whether it's a person who's able to apply himself to Torah, whether he's able to apply himself to Chesed, or whatever it may be. Rebbe Shalom says, when you leave the Yontav of Hanukkah, just ignite that small flask. And you'll see, if you do that one action and you light your flask of oil, it's not only going to last for eight days, but it's going to change your entire life and it's going to last for all eternity. And the same way that person, he had that pach, he built in that small flask of oil that he was able to gain in yeshiva. It was ignited by a compliment, by making the resolve and his whole entire life himself, his offspring, his descendants, everything's going to change. And that's how we have to leave Hanukkah. And the way to address it is, is that every individual and every person has to realize that he's given a God-given talent, a flask of shemen, a flask of oil, that's his unique shemen. And a person honestly knows what his koiches are, what his talents are. And if he ignites that flask, the Rebbe will take that small pach, and he'll see that also his life will change. And that's really what it's all about. Because when a person applies himself to spiritual matters in the pursuit of Ruchnius, he'll see he'll have more of an elevated life. And he'll be able to attach himself. Like the question he's asking, how to address it? The true answer is, is that for each person that knows his talent, and every person has a mile, he has to ignite that flask. And he'll see his winters will start to shine. He'll start to become brighter. He'll be a happier person. He'll be more fulfilled. And he'll be able to turn his winters and he'll be just as happy as he is in the summer. Amazing, Rabbi. It's like the famous saying of the Chavetz Chaim, that a person wanted to change the world. He realized he couldn't do this. So he said, I'll change my country. He couldn't do it. He changed my city. He couldn't do it. I'll change my family. He couldn't do it. So he said, I'll change myself. But once he changed himself, then his family, his city, his country, and the world was changed as well. Exactly. So you start with yourself and slowly but surely... Uh, it, will, it will spread the light. So, so Rabbi, we know that uh, one of the fa- foundational mitzvot is to love your fellows, you love yourself. If we find our fellow friend or neighbor who is in the darkness and isn't, as they say, in the best mood, what's the best advice for this situation? So it could be, like the Rabbi just said, to throw a compliment, to give him a little bit of chizot. And we know that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. How do we prevent our fellow relatives and friends from falling into the tendency of getting down and being in a sad mood, to hopefully avoid the problem in the first place, not for them to get there in the first place. Oh, wonderful. You should know, Yaakov, there's, a, there's a, an incredible Ramban. There's a really an amazing Ramban. You know, there's a misconception that, you know, people learn the Pasuk, a person should love his fellow friend like himself. And, you know, a person could ask the question, how is that possible? You know, it's... The Mitzis is otherwise. It's a Mitzis of a person that he loves himself the most, more than anybody else. The Ramban really even poses the question, how could there be a mitzvah of a haftal And even more so, we find in the Talmud and in many other sources, which indicates and implies otherwise. You know, the Gemara Bab Mitzis says, the famous case, we have two people walking in the desert, there's one flask of water. 
So Bikiva says, there's only one flask of water. You're supposed to drink it yourself. I, what does Rabbi Kiva mean? What happened to the You know, it's very interesting. In, in Spain, during the times of the Ridvaz, unfortunately, they were also subjected to tremendous oppression. There was terrible anti-Semitism that was taking place. And there were two, two very good friends, two childhood friends. They were best friends. And unfortunately, um, one of them were, were arrested and it was a libel. It wasn't true. It was a false, uh, false accusation that they arrested him for stealing. And in Spain at that point in time, if somebody was found guilty, they would cut off his arm. And the person knew he was innocent. He was 100% innocent. He was totally motivated by anti-Semitism. And luckily, a miracle happened. And after he was arrested, he was able to escape. And he fled to a different country, which is a story on its own, but we don't have time for that. It's beyond the scope of the time that we have. So uh, the government, the police government, was so agitated on what happened. So they ended up arresting his best friend. And they placed out an announcement. And they spread out a declaration that if the person that escaped comes back, then fine, we'll let your best friend go free. But if you don't come back, not only are we going to chop off your friend's arm, we're going to kill him. Wow. So he had a Shiloh, what to do? What does he do? Is he Mechayif to go back because... His, friend, his best friend's life is at risk. So they send this Shiloh to the Ridvaz. And they wanted to ask him his opinion. And the Ridvaz penned the tshuva. It's a famous tshuva, the Ridvaz. Where the Ridvaz writes back that he's not mechoyiv to, to go back to have his arm chopped off to save his friend. Why? So this makes the cash even bigger. <laughs> what happened to the after the And here we see that it's even taken in the Psaq Halach. Halach the Ridvaz says, a person is not mechoyiv to go back. How do we understand the whole halacha of the Says the Ramban, an incredible insight. You know what the Ramban says? The Ramban writes, he says, you know what the means? It doesn't mean that I need to love my friend as much as I love myself. Because that's impossible. It's against the teva, the nature, the way to be banished on created us. But rather, says the Ramban, what the Pasuk is teaching us is, what each and every individual wants for himself the shidduch that he wants for himself, the wealth, the nachas, the hatzlacha, the way he desires his life to run, it should be a life of shalom, of av, of yachvo, of serenity, of peace, of tranquility. The same way what you want for yourself, you should want that for the other person as well. You know, there's, I, wanted to, I want to share with you, the Panovich Yerov, he was a phenomenal fundraiser. Phenomenal, one of the best fundraisers I think Klai Yisrael had. You know, they say over a famous uh, acute uh, anecdote, he was once uh, fundraising and they told him, if you go to this person, you're wasting your time, you're not going to get anything. He wasn't such a religious person, so you're wasting your time, don't even bother. The Panamichirov says, no, I want to go to him. The Panamichirov came to him, he spoke to him, and this affluent, wealthy individual told the Panamichirov, he says, listen, I'll make a deal with you. I'll cover the whole budget of the school, I'll put up the building on one condition. None of the boys could, could wear keepers. They can't wear yarmulkes. So the Panamichirov told him, fine, we have a deal. He walked out of the house and he opened up a girl's school. <laughs> so when the Panamichirov came to America to collect, his only child uh, gave birth a couple of weeks early and he was stuck here in America. And it's not like today you can get on a red-eye flight. He wasn't able to get a ticket so fast. So he ended up missing the bris. Mm. 
Before he came back, the Chazanish instructed his children to go back to the hospital and put the baby back in the hospital bed. It's like this when he comes back. That simcha, that joy, that a zayde, that a grandparent has, when the first grandchild is born, he'll be able to experience that and not feel that it was taken away from him and the entire simcha happened without him. You know what's so great about the story? The Chazanish never had children. Oh, wow. But yet, he was so sensitive to the needs of others, he was able to tap in, what's the need? What's the tzarech? What would I want in such a situation? What does the other person need? What's he missing? And he was able to be yorid l'sayv, adam, and he was such a gadol in that aspect, that kach, don't take away that simcha that he could have experienced. And that's, I believe, the answer to the question here. You see somebody else is down, you have to be, a person should be yorid l'sayv, adam. What are they missing? What, what makes them tick? What excites them? What could I do for them that will put them back on the map to make them happy, whether it's going out together, whether it's spending time, if it's someone who wants to be able to learn, to learn with them, to schmooze with them, to be yorid l'sayv, adam, to be sensitive to their needs. And when a person is sensitive to another person's need, his needs, you could change his life. There's so many stories. I mean, we ourselves, just from being in, in Chinuch and being at, at this role, we could tell you of stories of what it meant a good word to somebody, what a compliment could do, what it means to make a seid with a person, to go out with them. If it's something they like to play a sport game or like they want to go out to eat for a coffee together, whatever the person needs. It could be a, a vast difference of, of people, what they need, what they're yearning, and how they have to be nourished. If a person is yordless, I've died to shalodam, one person... Like you said, it could change. It could be a whole, a whole different, a whole different uh, dynamics of the person's life to change. Amazing, Rabbi Goldstein. What chizuk, what inspiration. Very, very, very nice. And maybe we could ask you for one final message, one final thought for our broad audience about these points, about uh, lighting up the night, we'll say. So I'll tell you, I want to leave with a, with a, with a message that I, I believe is, is Emes Lamitai. You know, we all know the story with Yosef. And the tremendous Nisayin that he was able to pierce, that the Ramam titles and the Ramam list examples of how you describe the epitome. What's the pinnacle of a Hechi Domi Kiddush Hashem? How do we describe someone who's Mekadosh Shemayim? So you would think the Ramam would list maybe Avramavin who was thrown into the Kifshana Eish, people who are Moise Nefesh who give up their lives for Hashem. That's not what the Ramam writes. The Ramam writes that the epitome, the top of the totem pole, the greatest example, the primary example of someone who's Mekad Hashem Shemayim was Yosef HaTzadik with the Nisoyen of Eishas Paitifa, where she tried to entice him and lure him into Chet. And Yosef being all alone and being able to withstand such a test, that's the epitome of what a Kiddush Hashem is. But you know what's interesting? The introduction that the Torah gives to such a story, to the episode of Yosef, it says, It's a regular day. Yosef came to do his work. We know Yosef was the manager. He was the CEO of the business. He ran everything. And the Pasuk describes the introduction to the story. He came to do his work. Sigmar and Saito wonders, what does it mean, he came to do his work? One opinion is that he had a mind to do the sin. He had the machshava. He had the intent. Baruch Hashem, he was saved. But his machshava was to do the Avera. Another opinion is, no. What does it mean he came to do the work? It means it was a regular day and he had a mind to come to do his daily work, whatever he was supposed to do, whatever job he had to do, it was a regular day. 
And he had a mind to do, perform and to do the work that he was supposed to do. I beg the question. If you learn like the opinion that he had a mind to do the Avera, I understand that this is the introduction to the episode of Yosef. You want to tell you that although he had the Mahshava, Baruch Hashem, he was able to withstand the great Nisayan. As difficult as it was, that even he had the Mahshava to do it. If you learn that Lassus Malachta means it was a regular day, he came to work. Why is that necessary? Why is that the preface of this story? What, what do I need to know that for? You know, there's Igmar and Avay Dezar, there's three similar Gemaras. But Igmar tells us about a person that did a courageous and bold act. And in all three similar stories, the Gemara concludes with the words of Rabbi Huda Anasi, Rabbeinu HaKadosh, the editor of our Mishnayis. The Gemara concludes all these stories and says, On all these three instances, Rabbi had an epiphany and he began to cry. And he said, There are those who are meritorious, that are able to merit, to, be, to acquire a portion of the world to come on the turn of a dime in one instant. And this Rebbe cried. And I ask you, what was Rebbe crying about? You mean he was dis- disappointed and agitated that what took me a lifetime, this other person was able to accomplish on the turn of a dime? Says Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, that's not the meaning of the Gemara. You know what Rebbe is teaching us? What Rebbe is telling us is, is that Rebbe realized of what a moment of inspiration of what could, it can accomplish. What a person could accomplish in one instant, in one moment. The Alzeb Bacher Rebbe, and Rebbe cried because he said to himself, who knows how many times in my life I let those moments pass. Comes the Pasuk, and the Pasuk says, It was a regular day. And he was faced with something that changed the entire landscape. It, it changed his destiny. He became the Yosef HaTzadik. The Lechat Shavu writes, if he never would have withstand this Nisayin, the whole world would have crumbled and been destroyed. Here was a regular day, a regular moment. And Yosef was given the opportunity to be faced with a Nisayin that changed everything. It elevated him from Yosef to become Yosef HaTzadik. He's the one that represents Klal Yisrael. Yosef is the same numerical value as Melech Yovan. He's the same gematria as Antiochus. Living in the Choshech, living amidst the darkness, like we are living today, the influence of the darkness of the outside world. But Yosef embedded within us every single year this Koyach. It wasn't Yom Kippur. It wasn't the Elo. It wasn't that grand, great moment. It was a regular day. And that's the message that we, in our days, it could be a regular day. person's faced with an Nisoyen, he thinks, oh, I accomplished an Nisayin. I faulted an Nisayin. It's not going to make a difference. What dent is going to make? Is it going to make? So the Pasuk, no. Every single person, don't minimize any act, any Nisayin. You know why? Because you're rewriting the books of history. It was a regular day. He was planning on going to work. And yet he was faced with Nisayin. And Yosef probably thought to himself, what's the difference? If I do do it, I don't, who's going to know anyway? It's before Martin Torah. He could have had Myriads and myriads of excuses, but yet he withstand the Nisoyen and look what, look what he accomplished. His entire destiny changed. He was on the Choshen. That's what the message is. We in our lives, every single moment, don't turn it away. Rebbe cried because look what a moment of inspiration could accomplish. That's the message that we have to take out. You know, if Schwab once spent a Shabbos at Chavetz Chaim and Rabbi, Shimon Schwab, and he said over many times, you know, his experience, you can imagine how he felt to be by the Chavis Chaim for a Shabbos. 
And one of the things he mentioned, he said over, is that when he came to the Chavetz Chaim, the Chavetz Chaim asked him, are you a Kayin? So he told him no. So the Chavetz Chaim said, I'm a, you should know I'm a Kayin. He says, you know why? Because my great, 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 great grandfather, when Moshe Rabbeinu, after the Chet Ta'egel, made the calling, Mila Hashem Eli, my great, great grandfather stepped forward. And from that one act, it changed the entire dynamics forever and ever that his children will be serving, not in a regular place, but doing the avoid in the base of Migdosh, being mak of the Kabanois, spending time in the holiest place. Why? Because of one act that my great-great-grandfather did. That's the message. We have to ignite our Pach Shemin. Everybody has tremendous koiches. We live in a world today that our mitzvahs have so much more value than the previous generations. We realize the path that's invested within us, with the Choshech, with the Nisyonis, but we realize what we could accomplish. I think that's the greatest chizik, and that's the greatest message that we could walk away from Hanukkah. And Shetakabi Yishchus. And we should be zaychet to the true light, the true Aragonis, the light of the coming of Mashiach Tzidkenu, the mayor of Yemenu, Amen. Amen. Wow, Rabbi Baruch Goldstein, what chizuk, what inspiration. The power of the moment, how a person within a moment can really, really be inspired or to change or to do more. Uh, Rabbi Goldstein, want to thank you for your inspiration, for your chizuk. want to thank you for all that you do for Klaisa, for the Jewish people and for everyone. And uh, let's take these messages to heart. And like the rabbi said, let's present Hashem, uh, bring the gula and we'll see the gula shema, the complete redemption spilling in our days.